0: There's a challenging, uplifting, and loving story about a plural relationship in the African American community, and you're going to learn all about it on this edition of Frank Relationships. You're listening
1: to Frank Relationships with Frank Frank Love. Frank Love. Frank Love. Frank Love. Frank Love.
0: Yes, as always, those are my babies. (laughs) Thanks for getting daddy started today. Author A. Moriel McClurklin is with us today. And I'm curious, what made you write a book that didn't emphasize the drama of a plural relationship in the African-American community?
2: Well, for, for a number of reasons. First of all, I wanted to write a great love story. Mm -hmm. Uh, and you know certainly we know of of men who've been in relationships with more than one woman and oftentimes it was always about uh, just about the cheating Uh, it it never addressed the love that exists in those relationships and so I wanted to tell it as a love story but I also wanted to interject uh, some insights that I thought were important Mm -hmm. for moving forward with those type of relationships in this day and time
1: in this day and time
2: in this day and time Mm
1: -hmm. what does that mean
2: well we we've moved into an era where uh people understand that there is more than one approach to being in a relationship monogamy is simply one approach i mean you you now have a a widespread endorsement of same-sex marriages and same-sex relationships as an alternative uh type of relationship uh and so Plural relationships and polygamy, in relationships where people share people, whether it's <laughs> men <laughs> sharing, uh, a, a women sharing a man, and there have been civilizations where there were uh, men who shared women, uh, and and those those types of relationships have been relegated to being uh, almost paganistic, and so certainly, if. If we can accept other types of relationships, certainly we can accept people who consent to be in a plural relationship, not this kind of underground relationship that's going on now. And so what I wanted to do in the book was explore. The book is called Beyond Deceit. What I wanted to do in the book is explore what happens if a man who's in a, a, a in the closet relationship or having an affair decides one day that for whatever reason, I can't do this anymore. And so I, I want to be, uh, if I can't be open and honest about what I'm doing, I don't want to do it at all. And so he decides to take a path towards honesty and integrity. What is that like for for that person, for his wife, for his lover? And that's a very uh, painful and dramatic journey to be on. And that's the story that I captured in the book. It's the story of love, but it's also a story of a lot of emotional challenges and and, and uh tension mm-hmm. and etc. and so i wanted to capture that story.
1: So your character then takes on this possibility after the fact sort of.
2: Yes, he takes it on after the fact. He he he's he starts out as a sort of a straight laced type of guy who would have never seen himself in a relationship. Uh, he a has a second relationship. In the second relationship, mm-hmm. he's sure. married. Uh, has a good good marriage, and has been married for a number of years. Uh, he travels to D C on a weekly on a monthly business trip and he meets a young lady and there's sort of a, a magnetism. I mean, they find themselves in a relationship in a in a way in which they're both surprised because uh, she wasn't really looking to be involved in a married man, and he certainly wasn't looking to be involved in with someone else. But it was sort of like destiny and you will see that word a lot in the book. Uh, And so after a few years uh, of being together, but throughout the whole process, he felt a lot of guilt and a lot of pain because he just didn't like having to lie and to cheat. So something happens in the book, and it's a turning point. I won't tell you what happened. Okay. But it's a turning point in the story, and, and all of a sudden he starts to think about, you know, all these men like himself who's been, you know, involved in this concurrent relationship reality, that it is a reality. Yes. Uh, and we try to pretend like it doesn't exist. We we would rather bury our heads in the sand, and so he decides, hey, we can't keep doing it this way. I'm going to do it a different way. And so he makes the decision to try to take that journey. And what is that like for him, having to confront his friends, his wife, uh, people who know him? Uh, what is that like for those women, having to confront? You know, having grown up in a world where, you know, you, if you love me, you, you, if you love somebody else, you don't love me. If right. you love me, you don't love somebody else. What is that journey like? Mm-hmm. Uh, and so I wanted to, to tell that story because that's a story that doesn't get told. I didn't want to tell a traditional story. I wanted to, to take it in, on a different angle and a different twist. And so that's how that story unfolded.
1: Okay. So um, right now I'm present to this thing that I've said to I said to a friend of mine not too long ago. I said, "Well, you know, we can imagine ourselves loving more than one child. Yes. And more than one brother or sister. Yes. More than one friend. Yes. And yet when it comes to an intimate relationship, we're appalled at the idea of loving more than one person." romantically intimately at a time
0: yes
2: and and the book addresses that uh, of what what I talk about in the book is the cultural prison
0: Um. because
2: at a certain point in time that would not have been uh, a problem for us but we've come we've come into a cultural reality where you quote are not allowed to have uh, more than one lover Unless you're lying and cheating about it Mm -hmm. or unless you're Hugh Hefner and then you can be on TV and you can have three or four people. So it's so many contradictions about that. But, you know, polygamy and sharing has been a part of almost every culture that have ever existed. It is it is more common than anything else. And so but it is, you know, when 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 we came into the slavery situation, uh, there was a whole attempt. And this was the, the problem that they had with the Mormons. The reason why they didn't want the Mormons to have more than one wife was because it, it, it simulated too much of the indigenous cultures. And they didn't want any semblance of the indigenous lifestyle to be retained. And that was a part of our lifestyle. And so that was why they were certainly so much against it. I mean, they're not, the whole idea of being with someone else, and that happens all the time. It's a serial polygamy. I mean, mm-hmm. you just get with somebody, you let somebody else go. You get with somebody, you let somebody else go. Or you do it underground. But the idea of our culture, which is an open sharing, and honest sharing. And then in the book, I try to take it beyond where it was to talk about how do we, how do we make it what it needs to be today. You know, and not in a way in which I'm trying to preach in the book, because mm-hmm. it's still a story. Mm-hmm. Sure. But in a way that says, what does the new version look like? Because certainly our fathers and mothers made mistakes uh, back in Africa and the way they were doing it, and we 've made mistakes over the years in the way we 've done it. What does the new way look like and that 's why the title beyond deceit
1: mm-hmm. okay
2: but it, one thing i'm 'm a little taken aback from
0: by is um in in the money in the in the drama if you look at if you look at reality television and uh <laughs> love and whatever and real housewives i mean all of them are talking about being cheated on that's the core sure. of it. so why not write about somebody just being cheated on and the woman going off and everybody you know just We've heard <laughs> mad at each other and <laughs> <laughs> go on from there He wants to tell be, a different be, story because
2: because I'm one of the old griots uh yeah. I'm a part of the 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 older storytelling where the the telling of the story is is supposed to lead to empowerment and to some form of redemption and so I'm not I'm not just a commercial storyteller, even though I would love to sell the book because I think it's an important story that tells an important uh, element of people's lives. But more first and foremost, I wanted to uh, be true to to the griot uh, Mm -hmm. by telling a story that in the end is empowering and transforming. And so you know if it doesn't sell uh, if I don't sell a book it's alright I'm comfortable that I wrote it I love the story mm-hmm. I mean I've read it a number of times myself yeah. and, and get into it every time I read it but you're certainly right and the other part of it is that you know I didn't want to get into the stereotype I mean m- most of our storytelling whether it's, uh, it's in movies or whether it's in, in, in written stories uh, only capture a small element of the lives we live and and our life our lifestyles as African Americans are so diverse so when you look at let's take a, the movie Rayman. that was simply a story of an artistic white guy and his brother mm-hmm. I mean where's our Raymond story I mean we get we get into the best man story or the you know think like a woman act mm-hmm. like a I man. we get into those kind of stories that are solid they sort of f- follow the same pattern mm-hmm. But we are living so many different stories. Uh, Frank, yeah. you, your, your story is is very unique. But who's telling that story? Mm-hmm. So I didn't want to tell a story that just puts us in in a typical uh, perspective. I wanted to tell another story. And it's a story I've somewhat lived. I mean, I've been in a polygamous uh, marriage for 20 years. Mm-hmm. I mean, my first wife and I, I have four wives. My first wife and I have been married for 30 years. My second wife and I have been married for 20 years. My third wife and I have been married. We just celebrated our 14th anniversary last week. And my fourth wife and I have been married for 11 years. And they're not I know the misnomer is that women who share men are sort of low class and uneducated, but I mean two of the women are working on their doctorate degrees and uh, one is the finance director for a city. The other one has a master's degree. They all have a master's degree, a master's degree in psychology. and so uh, and we've raised children very happily. They've gone most of them have gone to college and have scholarships, and they have engineering degrees and law degrees, etc. So
1: how many children?
2: Too many. That's <laughs> just <laughs> say enough to keep me busy every day. Wow! <laughs> so it's been a fun life. I know it from the from the inside. I know the possibilities, but beyond that, I've grown up seeing men with women all my life. i uh, hearing the stories that people tell about you know my dad had another family, and everybody knew it, and everybody understood it. And I got some sisters and brothers and they were on the other side of town. And yeah, we all knew each other. Mm-hmm. So, you know, if, if we're living that reality, can't we do it better than the way we're doing it? Mm.
1: Something to think about. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Welcome to Frank
0: Relationships, a show for you, my brethren, who, like me, are too young to be considered old <laughs> and too old to be considered young. It's also for those of you who love and support us. We're here to provide weekly wisdom Conversation and the information that will help create loving and flexible parents and partners. I'm Frank Love, and you can find me, my blog, and my various social media incarnations at franklove.com. If you're listening to the show on Blog Talk Radio, please follow us, and via iTunes, please subscribe, so that you can effortlessly get the show each week. Also... If you're enjoying the show, and of course you are, please give us a favorable iTunes rating and please share it with your family and friends on your favorite social media platform. We're always looking for new social media friends, so please help us help our communities by spreading the word about the show. Greetings to my super-duper co-host, Nancy Goldring.
1: Hi, Frank.
0: (laughs) The consummate generalist is here. Indeed. Today's guest loves his people. He loves their history and their traditions, and he has captured that love with his pen. Whether it's a publication that captures the wisdom of his ancestors in fables or the wisdom of his ancestors in a book about relationships, he's invested in the growth and development of African Americans. Today, we'll be discussing his recently published book on polygamy. It's a genuinely honest, thought provoking and emotionally gripping real to life tale of love entanglement and the complexity of, of the human heart. So if you like me want to discover the importance of integrity in a relationship where a man wants a second woman, if you want to know how that integrity is invited to show up And if you want to know whether two women with the same love interest can happily coexist, then stay tuned as your Frank Relationship team talks with the author of Beyond Deceit, Mr. A. Moriel
2: McClurklin. Welcome to the show. Thank you, Frank, and thank you, Nancy, for having me on the show. Appreciate it. Thank you for being here. Okay, before we
0: get too deep into today's subject matter, well, deeper. <laughs> uh, we're going to check in to see what's going on in the news. Brother McClerkin. please don't be bashful. We certainly want you to weigh in on whatever comes up. <laughs> okay. Indeed. So, okay, who's first?
1: Well, I have this statement or, that I read, right? I read it in this book called Fruit of the Moon Tree, something like that, that right? That sounds interesting. Well, I kept not wanting to say this, and... It's appropriate now, right? So,
0: so <laughs> you, you kept not wanting to say it when
1: <laughs> today. Oh, okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I was just like, no, 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 don't say that, don't say that. And it's not like it's like lewd or lascivious or anything. <laughs> and even so, if it was, so, and what? even if it was, right? <laughs> so the statement, the statement is, instability in relationship is the foundation, is the most basic form. Of oppression,,
2: mm.
0: wow, you mentioned that years ago did and I really yeah i i I get that, yeah. I understand it, and you're not my understanding of what you're talking about is not that it's it's not the instability that just comes with being in a relationship, but it's reminding your partner that you can go or that you might leave that sort of thing is am I right?
1: Well, it's, it's that. It's also, it's, it, for me, too, there are many ways to be uh, stingy or unstable in a relationship. Mm-hmm. So you can, you can give your partner this idea that maybe you aren't going anywhere, and yet you don't necessarily grant full access to your capacity for love mm. or accept the love that's being offered to you. And so that can make the person feel as if what that really translates into is that you're not all in. Mm-hmm. Uh, you're not all in to give. You're not all in to receive. So the door is obviously open because the minute you meet someone else, sure, I'm toast.
2: Mm-hmm. Well, I certainly, Nancy, I think you, you've you hit onto something that, that that I've thought for a long time, which is one of the greatest uh, destabilizing elements of african-american lives here in the united states is simply the fact that you know our family life has been so weakened uh from both external and internal uh forces uh you know certainly externally there's a lot that have you know happened to just pull us apart from each other and in one of my blogs on my facebook i I talked about the fact that they're saying now that you know. S- African Americans are less likely to be in a relationship than any other group of people yeah. and um, and that's tragic because we need each other and and there's so many things that's happening that keeps us from each other and certainly we, we can't be strong and face what we're facing without having strong healthy relationships and that was one of the reasons why I was writing the book because one of the major destabilizing things in the african-american community around relationships is just this whole issue about men and having more than one woman mm-hmm. and uh and all of the jealousy and all of the hurt and all of the pain that's that's occurring because of that and and that's why i wanted to in in the book you know it is again i'm not trying to preach on sure. in the subject. i'm trying to tell a story a love story but That was one of the things I wanted to to address: is that in a story, can we do better? Mm -hmm. Can Mm -hmm. we do differently? Mm -hmm. You know, can we can we take a reality that is here and say, okay, if this is going to happen, and not everybody is doing that, but if this is going to be happening, because if men are doing it, women are are participating with them, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. can't we do this differently? Uh, and so explore that, that issue because, as you said, it's causing a lot of disruption in, in relationships in our community.
1: Hmm. A, Go ahead.
0: A quick, uh, a quick aside. There's a, there's a dynamic called, according to Scoop Hoop News. <laughs> we've all heard of Scoop Hoop, right? Um, there's a dynamic called micro-cheating and it's it's a series micro micro cheating yes a series of small actions and or thoughts that indicate a person's interest or focus outside of their relationship now i gotta tell you (laughs) (laughs) i was right it gets deeper by the day (laughs) it gets deeper by the day what does that look like it's pretty extensive it's a pretty extensive list and At some level, I think this person, the person who wrote it, must be- Well, it's micro. (laughs) Yeah. Well, I
1: can tell you, I I don't know what the- I I can't What the signs are. I don't know what the (laughs) signs are, but I can pretty much tell you that there are at least a half a dozen men in my building- who are micro-cheating (laughs) with (laughs) me.
2: And it is a daily effort.
1: (laughs) And one of them, the thing that's so really fun about it is finally I have gotten to where I just... Confront them, like uh. you know. Give me a break. <laughs> oh my God, it's you. You know me and you home, married, <laughs> children on Facebook. Oh my God, I've loved this woman for twelve years, and I'm
0: like. So, what do you say this- to them as you pass them <laughs> so, in the so,
1: hallway? Well, now, now the irony is, and so one in particular is like, Oh my God, Nancy, I love you so much. You know. <laughs> you know, I and I'm like, yeah, I know you love me. I said, and I read all about it when you were talking about your
2: wife, <laughs> your wife on Facebook. Uh, he says,
1: are we friends on Facebook? <laughs> it's like,
2: so, Nancy, you're gonna have to do a show on how to <laughs> respond to microchip. That's right. a whole well, show for people. He, yeah. in, 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 well, and
1: and here's here's the here's the killer because this is a guy who, when he was getting married. I actually found out found out because another front mutual friend of ours said to him, oh, she says, oh, come on, I want to go and uh, wish, wish him, uh, I want to congratulate him.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And I was like, congratulate him. Yeah, he's getting married. And I was like, mm, now I see this guy often. <laughs> no, I couldn't, I was like mortified. I was like, he's getting married, he never breathed it. <laughs> And I was like, "Why in the world would he not tell me?" That was the first clue that uh. something was going on. I didn't. I thought it was just harmless flirting. Wow! And, and he is not the only one mm. who has gotten married and did not tell me.
2: Mm. wow and
1: so i i yeah,
0: felt
2: your micro cheating circuit you know uh, they gotta do better unbelu-
1: <laughs> yes yes but you are not
0: telling me what you tell them what do you talk to them about or how when they when they hit on you uh, when they say something i to just you.
1: play with them oh. i don't i mean i don't say you know i'll say oh my goodness get out of here You're i can see you saying me. that you know what i mean uh but I hear you you know but I don't like feed it mm-hmm. wow. and so and maybe just playing with them is feeding it and one guy did say to me when I said to him so I flipped his moral script on him right and I told him listen I was reading about this in Proverbs last night like, you're not getting me on the adulterous <laughs> woman tip because I
2: knew that was <laughs> that was
1: squashing for at least the next the, from now to the next time so <laughs>
2: So, hey, you don't have to motivate yeah. a, a micro cheetah, uh, <laughs> yeah, Frank. Right. You know they self motivate. Right.
1: a very interesting thing. He says, "Oh my goodness," he says, "You know, Nancy, I just love being able to play with you." Like, mm. and then there's just it's like it's not going anywhere, mm-hmm. and he doesn't like have to uh, how you might say level up and prove that maybe he is serious or, but but for me, it's just like you aren't sincere. Wow.
0: Mm. Let me give you the quick, a few, a few, maybe they're innocent. (laughs) All right. right. Lying about your relationship status to attractive looking strangers. Preach. Liking Instagram photos of attractive people way too often. Casually flirting (laughs) with colleagues at work. Never refusing anyone who offers to buy you a drink. Keeping regular touch with exes and frequently meeting them for drinks. Mm. Making jokes about dating or hooking up with someone. Proudly discussing your sexual history. Having an account on Tinder with a different name or identity. Defending a friend who cheated in their relationship. Giving your partner many reasons to always be insecure. Forgetting to tell your partner about important things. Praising other people on their appearance, clothes, and body quite a lot. Never replying to your partner's text messages or calls immediately. I don't understand that one. Not introducing your partner to all your friends and keep changing the password to your phone. Frank, that's no microchip. That is not micro
1: that, cheating. No, that's straight up. That's, that is not. That is no, the beginning not of the there. end. Right no, there, no, there's right nothing there. micro about that. That's right. just straight this up. This is instability <laughs> in a relationship being the most basic form that's of oppression. That's
2: somebody who's right available there. and making sure that they make, they take advantage of every opportunity to let somebody know. <laughs> but let me go back to the first one you read about your relationship status. What about all the people who are on social media that that Claim won't even put their relationship status down? Uh huh. Because uh-huh. they don't want anybody to know they're in a relationship, uh-huh. so that and that's why it spread. Gotcha.
0: Wow. <laughs> okay. All right. Wow. Uh-huh. Okay. All right. You started it. We got the no, micro, micro cheating, cheating. part <laughs> down. All right. But those were good points. All right. Yeah. Um I I thought actually I thought it was too much. I just thought that. I, at some level, like oh, liking Instagram photos. Yeah. I'm like, well, what's too much? I yeah. don't know. At some level, I don't even care about this stuff. You know, I, <laughs> oh Frank,
1: oh my goodness, give me this list. What? What are you talking about? Are you saying to me, lying about your relationship status to attractive-looking strangers? You don't think that's like bizarre?
0: Bizarre. Why would
1: you? Why would you need to lie to a stranger? About your relationship status.
0: Yeah, I get it. I, I, The reason people do that is to be, to appear open to somebody else. Yeah, I get it. I get it. I, That's I, not I, really one that. I,
2: I think where he throws it off, maybe for you, Frank, is the tide of micro cheating. This is actually somebody on the prowl. Okay, all right. Yeah. Uh, yeah, this is a person on the prowl. You know, they don't want nobody to know their relationships, especially if you're handsome and attractive. You know, if they see you, they're saying, it's you're looking your real good. Uh-huh. Yeah, <laughs> it
1: keeps your options open. Okay. Casually uh-huh. flirting with a colleague at work. But let me just tell you. Let me just say for the record, if Another's. you have a job, if you are out in the world, forget a job. If you are out in the world, in the workplace, engaging with other, I, don't, I can't even say other people of the opposite sex because now we, we openly play the same sex game. Yeah. You are flirting at work. It is highly unlikely that you're not flirting with somebody at work. Now, the ho- what's the name of the game? He says, oh, yeah, I told my wife I have a work wife. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You're yeah, that's my the work new wife. That's the that's new the <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah, that's the new term. I'm like,
1: what? Yeah. So these things are happening. To me, casually flirting with a colleague at work is not even micro cheating. That's just what happens at work. That's okay. the way that energy yeah. percolates at yeah. work. Yeah, yeah. Never refusing anyone who offers you a drink is some other nonsense. I mean,
2: they could they could take that off. Yeah, the uh, okay. g-
1: keeping regular touch with exes. This is huge. That's big. I know that in my own. Uh, there are. That's big. I know people who are dealing with that.
2: Uh uh-huh. Yeah, that's big. And they, they haven't moved on. Yeah, but it doesn't so go what? well. I mean it doesn't no, go they well. But no, because it's 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 the subtle. I mean, it's it's what. It's the the little steps that, you know, in 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 the programs around alcohol addiction, they 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 talk about the pro the process of of using starts like this, you know, you're not supposed to eat candy, so you say, I'm gonna drive by the store, but I'm not going in, mm-hmm. but I'm gonna drive by. So when you get in where the store, you said I'm going in, but I'm not gonna go down the aisle where the candy is, mm-hmm. and so you say. Well, I'm going to go down the aisle where the candy is, but I'm not going to pick up the candy. And mm-hmm. then you get down the aisle and you pick up the candy and you say, I'm going to pick up the candy, but not. Yeah, so right. it's <laughs> the progression. Once you start right. on certain steps, you're naturally progressing yourself to a place. And if you don't want to get to that place, there are things you should have you really shouldn't do. And so that's what it's saying. If you're keeping up with the X's like that, you you're not are X's. putting yourself on a path to eventually be somewhere. I mean, it doesn't mean in every situation that happens, but... I mean it's it's something you got to be careful about. Okay all right quick cool. so if that <laughs> if
0: you find out your partner's doing these things what do you do? get a new partner
2: see oh, i don't no. even no you don't do that i don't do nothing no you don't do that well no. come on now you don't come do on that. now
1: wait a minute wait a minute now you are get actively partner. thank you jeff no. you are actively in addition to this okay as far as <laughs> right, that's what no, they're no, doing they're no, shopping no, no. they're shopping these people are shopping no. you
2: wrote this you
1: wrote this okay <laughs> so beyond deceit
2: no, but you don't These know. These are deceitful things. Yeah, but you don't know what, what if I think the first thing you do, and you talk about the value relationships, the first thing you do is you ask the person what's that about. You talk about it. You give them a chance to tell you what, what, what are they doing. And they, sometimes people are not aware of what they're doing. In, in, their, in their heads they're doing one thing, but sometimes they need another insight about what that could potentially mean. And so you the just simply talk to them. The unfortunate thing
1: is, though, the unfortunate reality is, that if your partner calls you on this stuff you somehow don't get it you think your partner's being insecure you think your partner's being jealous ridiculous it, and rarely the do, rarely does it occur that other people who see you doing it say so look at him <laughs> say something <laughs> to you directly they may say, they true. may talk around That's you true. I had one guy say to me about another guy. I said something about uh, him being married. He says, yeah, but he doesn't act like it. Now, this is guy to guy. Mm-hmm. That was his thinking. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, and yet, I would bet money that he's never said, you yeah. know what? Yeah. You do your own thing, but I just want it's you to cold know. It's the code of silence.
2: Yeah, it's the code of silence
0: all right all right speaking of speaking of the code (laughs) code of of silence silence. (laughs) and deception how serious is the deception that men and women face
2: around the desire for a second partner in african-american community it's it's extremely serious Mm -hmm. i mean um it's happening every day and you know when i'm on uh blogs and and social media sites people are saying you know That is an idea that crosses their mind, but they don't really talk. They're they're just shocked that somebody's talking about it. Mm -hmm. Uh, When I was on uh, another radio program, somebody called in and said they had been in a relationship uh, with with a couple for 15 years. I mean, they had children, but she said, but, you know, don't say anything. You know, I don't want to go public. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, it's out there. Some people are doing it. Some people want to do it. Uh, There's really no pathway uh, to how to do it in a healthy way. Uh, because we've practiced an unhealthy approach to it for so long until people are left trying to f- figure out what do you do. And the, you know, usually for a man, when you meet somebody else uh, and you fall in love, it's, you, that means you have to get rid of who you have. Uh, there's no way in which you can even approach it. I, I feel that people should approach it on the front end, that you don't even get started mm-hmm. in the process mm-hmm. without letting the person know that you're with that I'm interested in doing this mm-hmm. and, and making sure that, they buy into it before you get started, not that you get started. And you say, hey, I'm, I'm into it. By so, the way. Yeah. Uh, so that's where we got to get to. We got to create a, a, an acceptance in the culture for people to have conversations around, hey, listen, I'm interested in a relationship where there's a potential for this. Mm-hmm. And then somebody can say, hey, well, I'm not the person to, to be your partner. Sure. And they should have that right rather mm-hmm. than f- you for you, somebody to find out, you, they went into a relationship thinking that they were in an a exclusive, exclusive relationship, yeah. and then they find out that they're not. I, I don't think that's the right way to approach it. So, uh, but in the story, of course, uh, you know he, he, he takes the, the, the traditional path. He ends up in a relationship, uh, and then he has to find, figure out what, I, what do I do now and, and how, how do I move forward. And it was, it was an interesting uh, writing. Uh, You know, because I I really had to put myself into people who are in that situation. I had to feel the love people feel. I mean, we call it cheating, and it is, but still in the midst of it, there is true love and tenderness that people are experiencing when they're with each other. Mm -hmm. Uh, I mean, it may be hard to believe because we don't want to believe that people can feel a love and tenderness for more than one person but they really can. Mm-hmm. So in the midst of all of the deception that's going on, I mean, people have true and deep tender feelings that they're struggling with and trying to wrestle with, what do I do, where do I go, what decision do I make? Uh, I have to keep somebody, I have to get rid of somebody, what's that choice like? So I wanted to capture the tenderness and, and, the, and the complexity of all of that, the confusion that gets into to all of that when you're feeling those things and trying to make sense of it in the culture that we live in in the denial the gross denial that we're all a part of you know what do you do and and that's why I felt really good about about the book when you see the cover you know you got you see the guy with his ring you don't know whether he's taking it off you don't know whether he's putting it on and and that's Mm -hmm. the confusion of what am I doing um so I love the story. I think there's a scene in the book where uh, him and his lover sits down and he says what what, what, what are, are we, we doing? doing?
0: yeah yeah you know one of the things that I appreciate so much about the book is the turmoil that the man expresses and and the reason I appreciate the turmoil is he's expressing his turmoil while he's doing this while he has two women, and they that the wife doesn't know and one of the things that I really could appreciate was the, the understanding that men do not at some level, men don't want to do this in the dark. Mm. Like that there's, there's a genuine part and maybe it's not exposed much or discussed much, but there's a genuine piece of men who would like to do this in the open and not have to,
1: Tip not
0: yeah not have to hide mm. yeah. and so you you expose some of that by mm-hmm. discussing his turmoil and you discuss that almost on every page mm-hmm. in the first uh, the first mm-hmm. 60% of the book mm-hmm. i mean you really go into that so mm-hmm. it's it it's it's a good thing it's a good thing
2: yeah i wanted to write the book from three perspectives and i had to to take each person through what that felt like mm-hmm. First, to be a man who has been in love with the woman that he cherished Mm -hmm. for years and years. And she was his college sweetheart. Yeah, and she was his college sweetheart. And then to find yourself having, as he says in the story, he found her, another woman in his heart where he didn't know that there was a place for any other woman. Mm -hmm. So to have to to deal with that, Mm -hmm. to try to make sense of that, that was one. So I had to take go through him for a woman who has been in love with a man that a husband that who was everything to her Mm. and to be confronted with his betrayal and that was extremely painful for her to deal with i can't even listen to you it was a painful (laughs) it was a very powerful scene in the story where that where that (sighs) confrontation takes place yeah to be, a, to be a woman, and the, the, other, the other woman in the story was in D.C., so she's mm-hmm. a D.C. sister. Um, and, but to find yourself in love with the man, to feel something deep uh, and um, sort of mystical about mm-hmm. that relationship, to, on the one hand, know that it's not the right thing, but then on the other hand, to not feel wrong about loving this man. Mm-hmm. And then to have to, you know, to know that you can't keep him because you see the pain he's going through. And to, and then for the for him to decide to take a different path and what that means for you. And, I mean, she couldn't even understand that because who does that? And so it was challenging for her. And, and so all of that, so the, it was, so the story is told not just from his perspective, but from the two women's perspective, too. And, how, and where, where do they end up is, is interesting. And you're not going
1: to tell us. No, I'm not going to tell you. Because I want to say, where, <laughs> oh, did they become friends? I'm, where
2: did they end up? That's yeah, interesting.
1: Yeah, I'm going yeah. to
0: jump out there and say <laughs> the two most touching, I mean, almost tear-jerking mm-hmm. scenes in the book are when the women connect. Those are the mm. two they those two stories, of uh, those two scenes and there's one there's one scene which is a bunch of scenes, you know, when they connect over and over and over again. Yeah. And then yeah. there's another where they connect and they it, it just brought tears to my eyes. It really did. It mm. really did. I love I love to see people work through issues mm. i love it and mm. so it was it it really was something special it really was something special um do you suggest you 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 say that you want polygamy to be seen as an option at least those are, that's my understanding mm-hmm. but do you suggest that some men just keep on lying and not go deeper
2: <laughs> no i suggest that they stop
1: and get killed mm-hmm.
2: i I, su- I i suggest that they stop i, I mean I, I i think that we, I, and, and what I talk about is, is a healthy pathway. I, I think that just as you know, people who wanted to be in same-sex relationships had to at some point say, listen, this is who I am and I'm coming out the closet. And that was, that was healthy for them and, and for their psyche and, and for their mental well-being. I think men and women and their partners, I think we're going to have to step back and we're going to have to say, listen, we're going to have to create a healthy approach to this. And for the men who can't create a healthy approach to this, leave it alone. Mm-hmm. Well, leave typically
1: it alone. it's the men that can't create a healthy approach to it <laughs> that are all for it.
2: Yeah, yeah. But, but you know, but women have to say, you know, the whole point of the story, too, is about women and women empowerment. You know, women have to have a voice, and women have to uh, express their voice. And, and that's what I liked about uh, Solomon's wife. I mean, she had a powerful voice in the story, and even to the end, where 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 it ended up. I mean, she had a powerful voice in how the story ended. I mean, and and Evelyn did too. And so Evelyn is the quote unquote mistress. Yeah, the mistress. So I mean, so women have to capture their voice. I mean, women have to say to men who can't do this right: Listen, you know, no, I'm not the person to be in this. I'm looking for the man who can step up and make this happen in a way that's healthy for me and healthy for everybody involved. There's well,
0: a go um, ahead.
2: there's an element that I want to introduce okay. and
0: and that you do not. And it kind of uh, it is uh in many ways contradictory to to your stance. Okay. And it's I would like to see people in relationships love each other no matter what. Okay. Get to the point where even if Even if a partner does something that they don't like or, quote, unquote, cheats Mm -hmm. or whatever, whatever Mm -hmm. the, quote, unquote, offense is. And I'll stop saying, quote, unquote, um, that whatever the offense is, that the other partner is really sees the depth and possibilities in their relationship as being, look, I'm going to take you as you come. Okay. One hundred percent. And we will figure it out. We'll work through it. We'll work through mm-hmm. whatever comes, whatever mm-hmm. shows up. Mm-hmm. And that's a level of being in relationship that I do not see much of, don't even hear, discussed much. Sure. And I, so I want to throw that out in a, in addition
2: to what you're saying. Well, I, I don't think we, we're at odds with that because you you remember in the story, everybody had to work through it. You're right. I mean, uh Jan the wife, she had to work through it. <laughs> but she worked through it
0: in a diff she it wasn't see I don't want to give away more of the story. Yeah, than you did. I
2: mean, it was it was a slightly different but but again, it was but still she had to get through it. <laughs> she had to get through it. <laughs> so, uh in a way she was
1: that, not willing to leave her husband, obviously.
2: Well, you know. I'm it, sure across crossed I, her mind. I, I can't say that now. Mm-hmm. I mean, I can't say that. I mean, it, it, it was painful, and so, you know, there are consequences. So I don't want to give the story away, but I'm just saying that she had to work through it. I mean, and people had to work through it. But I, I, I do want to say this, Frank. I agree with you Okay. that it's important to—and and I think that's a part of, an, of, our, of, uh, of our culture— I don't think we were as quick in days past, and I'm talking about way back, Mm -hmm. to to end relationships as we are now. Mm -hmm. I think people dealt with a lot of stuff that were uncomfortable for them. Uh, My mother and father and grandmother and grandfather, I mean, their lives weren't perfect and their relationships weren't perfect, but they dealt with things and they they stayed together and, and they value staying together. And I think that's the point that you're bringing up is the value of staying together and working through things in order to do that. And I think you're right about that in some way.
1: I think that (laughs) the thing that is kind of not being directly addressed here is is the historical nature of marriage, whether it was a monogamous marriage or a polygamous marriage. So marriage as a contract, as I understand it, was originally a survival contract. Mm-hmm. It was a contract, so even in an even in a cultural dynamic where the man was married to more than one woman, he was never married to more women than he could afford sure okay, sure. so sure. polygamy now looks like a private industry for the man to how you might say advance his own economic agenda. By not so much becoming more effective in the marketplace himself, but pulling in women that will lift up his dream scheme, whatever you want to call it. So, instead, are you talking economic or I'm sexual? I'm saying, I'm saying, I'm saying, just as economic as sexual. Mm-hmm. So that if you pull in two, three, four women who are able-bodied, effective women in the in the total sense of the words they they they're educated they have they make their own money they have their own jobs so you're not necessarily taking care of these four women you're not necessarily paying the cost to be the boss however you have the benefit that t- that historically a man only received because he was taking care of business
2: mm-hmm I think you're right. I think in some ways that does exist even though I don't know. I haven't done the research, but I don't know how many uh, professional women would I think they would probably be the least likely to be in in relationship. But
1: the grand I, I mean a, a large cross section of women I don't know. I mean I don't have the research now, to say. Yeah. A large cross section of women now are professional. Okay. So so or they are aspiring okay. toward What you might call economic independence. Okay. So if that's the case, I don't even know. I don't know what percentage of women are willing or not willing to Mm -hmm. be in open Mm -hmm. relationships. I feel that oftentimes what's happening is we had this conversation one week where you presented a scenario where a man, there was a small community of men in a community where there were twice as many women and if you know should should this man be married to one of these women and the other women not get what they need they don't get to have children they don't Mm -hmm. get they don't get the full spectrum Mm -hmm. of life Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. so i remember feeling like well wait a minute now i'm not sure the issue is sharing a man i'm not telling you that i'm not going to share a man I'm only telling you I haven't met the man we're sharing. Mm. That so, makes sense. Yeah. So that makes sense. Yes. Yeah. yes. yes. So I can respect that. Okay. Sure.
2: Sure. I mean that that nancy, that makes all the sense in the world. I think again, when we look at it as options. Sure. Uh, and you know, like any option, everything doesn't fit everybody. Certainly there are a few men, and, and, and even in where polygamy did exist, I mean, it, sh- it, it, it shouldn't have been widespread. I mean, it's not just a way for men just to have women. I mean, again, there's a lot of response. I know firsthand, there's a lot of responsibility that goes with that. There's a great demand on everybody in this situation, men, particularly the women and children and everybody else. So certainly finding the right fit for anybody who's gonna be involved in that is certainly critical. Um, and, and those are the kind of conversations, Nancy, I think we should be having because I think people are doing things without talking it out, without thinking it out. And, and, and that's part of why I wrote the story to say that's a lot to consider Yes. here. And uh, when are we going to start considering it? When are we going to step back from Openly? what we're doing? Yes. And, and at least have the kind of conversations where a, someone like you could say, well, for me— these things have to be present i mean we need to be saying what it would have to look like for it to be healthy for someone and and we haven't been willing to be open in this kind of conversation but i'm perfectly comfortable with you saying what you're saying and i think that's why it's so powerful to be having this discussion because other than that when are we going to hear you say that? <laughs> mm.
1: Mm. <laughs> well, you know, Frank has a Frank wrote a book called "How to Gracefully Exit a Relationship." Yeah, and it's I saw re- that, and it's really about how also to powerfully enter a relationship mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. to have these kinds of what. What later on become very difficult and even painful conversations yes. to have. Yes. You have them up front before you're so invested yes. in your connection to the other sure. person that you sure. just can't sure. see yourself doing it.
2: Sure. But I, I want to go back to a point you made when you said that, you know, in the past relationships were social and economic. And, that, and they were, that, that they were they were
1: survival contracts basically.
2: Sure. And that, that involved social and economic dimensions sure. to gotcha. it. And uh, and now they're more personal and emotional. hmm And and so but and but I think w- there is still a social economic value to to coming together. I mean what we've been able to one of the reasons why in my family Women were able to go to school uh, and pursue uh, doctorate degrees, master's degrees, because, you know, we have each other. And so, you know, I can spend some time at home. Others can spend some. So, you not you're not locked into an uh, uh, either or approach. You're uh, being supported. Yeah, we're being supported. And, we, and we're there for each other. The reason why we have a, a number of children who've gone to top universities uh, on full scholarships. Uh, one of my daughters had the uh, Bill Gates Millennial Scholarship. Uh, is because, again, you know, there's a presence. There's a, there's a presence of parents in the home. We're not all having to bust our backs all day, every day working. I mean, a lot of times we work for ourselves because, you know, we can, we can be entrepreneurs. So that's the economic value that we've derived from it. Um, and, you know, we're not, we're not under economic pressure. Uh, somebody, you know, one of, my, one of my wives was on a job, and, and I just thought they weren't treating her right. I just said, come off of it, you know, because we're not under that kind of, we're a team, and, and, and we're not under that kind of pressure. So that's one element of what you're talking about, the economic value. You know, certainly I'm contributing uh, the most, but, you know, everybody else is contributing too, and that makes the whole family strong stronger.
1: Talk to us about the relationship between the women in your life.
2: It's it's good. We we we've had to work through things. Um, you know, as you know, as I show in the book, you know, people have to work through things. I'm not going to make it fairy tale. Certainly, uh, people bring an emotional history to relationships, no matter what type they are—same uh, sex, monogamy—they all have their struggles. And and you have to learn how to uh, uh, address those emotional issues. And so we've all had to grow. We're a strong spiritual family. Uh, and so we've spent time growing spiritually, uh, looking at some of the challenges we've had in the very beginning. Uh, and so now we're in a very, very strong place. I think we're in the best place we could be in, in terms of so... You know, um, they, they have their relationships with, with each other, and, and they have relationships with me. I mean, the relationship with me can't carry the day and because <laughs> we're living together. Right. <laughs> so they have to develop their own friendship ways of resolving conflicts because any time anybody's in anybody's space, if you and I rub it, you know, elbows long enough, there will be issues that come up so they have learned how to resolve their issues i'm not, i can't mediate everything and i won't try to uh and so we've been able to get to those places we've had ups we've had downs we've we've had periods of time where it was very challenging but as frank said we stayed with it uh we've talked it it out and and we've we've gotten to the place that we needed to get to and that's a part of the journey you got you have to be willing to grow and change both emotionally and you have to be on a strong spiritual foundation at least from our experience uh the children the most powerful element of it and when you read stories like in the bible it's always it was always and when you talk to a lot of people who've been in relationships uh polygamy in africa the family the children were never really one family so a man may have a family over here and a family over there sure. and in, and in the biblical stories they were always in conflict our children really, they don't even know of the concept of we got different mothers, so we're different people. They're just one group. And so they bond around, not around mothers, they bond around who who bonds with each other. So you may have a child from one mother who's really, really close to the child from another mother, and that's their uh, group. So you can't take them, you can't tear them apart. Mm-hmm. They're very, very strong, connected uh, love each other. They're there for each other, and that makes me the most proud. Sure. Because I didn't want this whole thing about, you know, that's your mother, that's my mother, uh, and so we were able to avoid that, and I'm very thankful for that. There, there are
0: two pieces around the economics that I want to okay. d- discuss. One is the there there are core expenses, and then there. Are per person expenses, shall we say. Hmm. So let's say if uh if you get a Uber, the the Uber is going to the Uber seats up to a general Uber I think seats up to four people, three Maybe. to four people. Yeah. So if you get an Uber and you have one partner in the Uber, it's the same as if you have three people in the Uber. And I may, it may be if you have four people in. The so price it's, doesn't change. The either. price doesn't change. Okay. So that's what I consider a core cost.
1: It's like living in the house together.
0: Yeah. So okay. if in the economic side, it's if you have one home that's large enough, presumably, mm-hmm. and you have one, in this case, wife, it's the same. It, it's the same in terms of the core cost of uh, of just the mortgage as if you have two, and possibly three, if you are if you are still if you have the room in the house. Now the the water bill might go up, the electricity might go up.
1: The food bill is going the up. The food
0: may go up. But those those expenses are going to they're going to occur no matter if you live alone or if you live with someone. But if you live alone, you have to go back to those core costs. Again, you if you Instead of that woman living with you in your home, in this, in this case, that woman would have to live somewhere else and would have to pay rent there. So that core cost would be, it would be double. So that, that's an economic benefit. Does, that, does what I'm saying make sense to you, Nancy? No.
2: No. Does it well, I'm, it's I, not no, that it I, doesn't no, I, make I, I, sense. It, I'm it, trying it, to figure out no, what you're going what 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 you're simply saying is that, and and we 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 advocate even for that doesn't have anything to do with romance. That just the idea of people sharing, you know, homes and sharing living mm-hmm. is just it's it's important in terms of addressing an economic downtime mm-hmm. because that means that there are more resources to address things. And you have less of this individualism, which is very expensive. So instead of paying for four apartments, four utility bills, you got four people paying one, mm-hmm. which means that certainly economically you're in a stronger position, and that's that's been important for us. Uh, simply because one, we can pursue dreams, where nobody's worried about what am I going to do. Uh, you know, uh, I want to get a doctorate degree. Uh, what am I going to do about making sure? Keeping the lights on. Yeah, keeping the lights on. That's that's one element of it. Secondly, it's a freedom because if you're in a position, in a place where somebody wants to be a racist or just treat you bad, hell, walk away Mm -hmm. because we can take care of each other. I mean, we're not that, you're not living, you're not by yourself. So Mm -hmm. there's a team that's working together. And so we, we, we have more options and flexibility. We're stronger in that economic sense yes. because, you know, we're, we're sharing resources, and which is really how we survived slavery and oppression, because somebody borrowed somebody's sugar, somebody borrowed. I mean, we shared things mm-hmm. with each other, and mm-hmm. we were less individualistic, and we were more collective, or the African term Ubuntu. We were more able to be there for each other. Than we were than we are now. so I think there's a that's the economic value you you were trying to talk about. It's mm-hmm. just more people addressing core needs, which is different than each person trying to do that on their own. yeah
0: uh, A second component that I that I look at and work to peel back the layers on the economic side is when when part of the reason why let's just say houses cost what they do now is because, meaning so much comparatively speaking to what they used to cost, um, is because women work now. So if, let's say years past, 40 years ago, women were not in the workplace and a house cost $30,000. And now you have two incomes. And I mean, heck, I can charge you twice as much now because you got twice as much money. And so it's the the incorporation of women into the workplace is not just it doesn't have it has an effect and the effect may be I'm going to charge you more so when we look at the the dynamic of fat, what what you were saying Nancy around men being able to take care of women Mm -hmm. and not being able having women that they can't take care of well the the economic reality that we live in now has changed to to be in many ways dependent on a woman also making an income in order to meet the new price and the new cost of things that's just something well well i think it's
1: part of the cultural prison that you talked about yeah but
2: what i pick up from what nancy is saying is that you know men have to be i mean we we, i talk about the word partnership and so we all come to the relationship as partners i mean the world in which a man took care of everybody that world doesn't exist anymore but certainly a man should be a viable partner and a strong partner in those relationships and there are situations where men don't carry their role. They don't mm-hmm. carry their part. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, not that they're supposed to carry the whole, but they got to carry their part and they got to carry it effectively. And so that's what I get out of it is that if you're going to be in a relationship with more than one woman, certainly there's a lot that you have to be able to carry, not economically, but there's an emotional side to economics too. And mm-hmm. so, you Why know.
1: Why not economically?
2: Not just economically. I'm saying not just economically. Mm-hmm. Okay. I, I'm saying, you know, you have to be able to carry – you know, be an economic partner in the relationship is what I'm saying, but there's even more there's than more that. There's more to it. Yeah, yeah, there's more than that. And so whatever it requires, you got to be up for your role in the partnership. That's mm-hmm. my point.
0: Yeah. You got a good book or a good movie for me. And mind you, we already know a good book is yours. So you got another good book <laughs> or another good movie that you could suggest to us. Or a story we should, <laughs> we should
2: You know, know some someone asked me about that, and, you know, I was just trying to think about, I mean, I go back to the old, 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 old books. I mean, one of my favorite love stories was If Bill Street Could Talk by, mm. by J- James Baldwin. And so, I mean, I like stories in that genre. You okay. know? I, I like uh, Zora Neale Hurston's The Eyes Were Watching God. Uh-huh. Uh, you know, so, you know, I'm still reading old stuff okay. because some of the it's new still stuff. Relevant. But uh, the, the next good book is going to be the book I'm writing now. So gotcha. And <laughs> well, that's God. on what? I'm writing two books. Um mm-hmm. I'm, I'm writing one book about the whole concept of the goddess. Uh, you know, uh and and it's a mystery it's a suspense, but it's around the whole concept of the goddess. Uh and then I'm writing a, another story in 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 the uh vein of a Jonathan Bach where this brother is growing up in the hood but uh he's hearing the voice of his father to guide him and so it provides a lot of spiritual it's a fiction story but it provides a lot of spiritual insights along the way
0: yeah you're listening to frank relationships and we've been talking with the author of beyond deceit a fictional work that examines the dynamics around plural relationships in the african-american community he is mr a moriel mcclerkin mcclerklin please tell us what you're up to actually you already told us that but tell us
2: how we can find you You can find me on Amazon. Uh, Just go to the book Beyond Deceit uh, and and pull it up. Or you can find me on Instagram at beyond underscore deceit. Or you can find me on Facebook, A, the letter A, and then Moriel, M-O-R-I-E-L, and then McClurklin, M-C-C-L-E-R-E-K-L-I-N. Thank you. One of the pieces that I just, I got to slide this in, that you put in
0: the book that I really appreciated was you created models. You created a model yes. that these that the that the primary characters were able to look to, yeah. to see how to revise their yeah. perspectives and yeah. strategies. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So okay. yeah, yeah. Uh, good job. Thank you. Good job. Thank you. Yeah, thank you. Thank you, thank you, so thank you Frank, much. and thank you, Nancy. Sure. And thank, thank, thanks to you too. Along today's journey, we've discussed the economics of a plural relationship. Ah, we discussed a model of seeing polygamy work just in the last thirty seconds. And <laughs> again, my favorite my favorite scenes in the book were sisters working it out. Thank you to my co host Nancy. Thanks to Jeff Newman, my engineer, and thank you to my guest, brother A. Moriel McClurklin. You've been great, thank you. I hope you've had as much fun as I've had hanging I out have with enjoyed it and I appreciate it. Ah. Hanging out with today's ensemble, as always, it's my wish for you to walk away from this conversation with a heaping helping of useful information that'll help create a relationship that's as loving and accepting as possible. Let us know what you thought of today's show at Facebook forward slash Relationship F Love on Twitter at Mr. That's Mr Frank Love or at franklove.com. If you're listening via Blog Talk Radio, make sure you like us there. And if via iTunes, make sure you subscribe so that you can receive each week's show. This is Frank Love.